Welcome to Daily Discussions. I'm your host, Isaac Harrison. Uh, this is a podcast on social entrepreneurship. And before we get started, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional landowners on whose land we are recording today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. So now I have a special guest, Laura Thompson, who's uh, also recently famous from some of the, uh, we'll just say, controversy of Free the Flag. But we're going to cut it right back and find more about Laura's upbringing and story in life and how she got there. And hopefully for our listeners, um, our young Indigenous people as well, this will be um, massive encouragement and uh, inspiration to uh, really just, um, you know, that you can do something that you love uh, that revolves your culture and can also pay your bills. Well, yeah. hopefully, Laura. So yeah. welcome to uh, the podcast. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. No worries. Um, so let's start with, um, firstly, your, your mob. Uh, where, where's your mob from and, and then where you grew up? Yeah, great. I've got, um, I'm a Gwindajamara woman and I have connections back to Framlingham um, Mission and Lake Conda, but I'm born and raised in Melbourne and grew up in Fitzroy um, and Collingwood where, you know, where all the local Aboriginal organisations were started. So happy to be part of that sort of contemporary Aboriginal history too. Yeah, that sounds... Now, this excites me because I'm a country black fella. So when I hear mob, um, know where they're from, but grew up in the urban mm. um, experience um, and you've got like a massive um, activity or hub of probably different mobs, isn't it, coming yeah. into the city to find identity. Um, you know, what's it like? Did you get to go back out onto country or during those times? or Not as much because we couldn't afford it. So we're sort of living in social yeah, okay. housing. So we lived and born in Fitzroy and we're just sort of... Yeah. Um, I didn't feel like we were battling at the time, but now when I look back, you know, travelling back home um, on country just really wasn't wasn't an option. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And, you know, I can't even go back to Queensland because it's so expensive <laughs> with the wife and two kids. It's like I might as well go to Bali. So um, I can understand uh, different things. And it's funny how you say you don't realise. I think, um, like as blackfellas, my parents were so good at... Um, like playing it down that we're really poor. So I only realized looking back now, going in with 20, 20 cent coins to buy milk and bread was the sign of probably not doing so well. You know, when dad's getting it out of the ashtray, yeah. um, and that's your bread and food. And it's yeah. also perspective. Like when you live in like a community, I could always see people around me that weren't doing as well as what we were either. So, um, uh, so in comparison to other mob in community, we were, we're doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And parents worked in community? Or? Yeah, my yeah. mum's um, been a was an Aboriginal health worker for over thirty years, and yep. um, my aunties helped establish the Aboriginal medical services here. Yeah, wow. So mm. you would have seen a lot of change and transition. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, did you like being in like Melbourne? Melbourne's very um, progressive. Um, did you have a chance, like growing up, coming from there, then ending up going to like a Brisbane or a Perth or Darwin? And sort of seeing a massive difference within like the community, or any mm. chance to do that? No, I didn't. That's all right. Yeah, That's all right. I'm sure you're traveling around a lot now. So. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Um, so Gunjinamara, Lake Condomob, uh, social housing. Um, are we talking like like projects? Like pretty big much, blocks? Yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, what was that like? I don't know. Like, um, I guess you feel safe in. Social yep. housing, I guess, in the big flats because once you're in there, no one can get in. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> There's one way in. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So safety is not an issue. You just have to make it through the lifts. Um, yeah. So that was a thing. And look, there was a community around us. We were, um, I grew up playing basketball on the basketball courts. Um, yeah. 
I had lots of people around me and people knew the family. And I think yeah, one wow. of the ways that we stayed safe, it's so funny, we used to have like a black um, Aboriginal crochet blanket in the back of your car. Yeah, like I'm yeah. sure lots of them have had that too. Yeah. It was like... Yeah, it was just... to hide people who were, we were smuggling on the floor of the car on the boot. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, and it was also just a sign like, don't steal this car. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this don't. is a mob car. This is the, yeah, this is our car. <laughs> no, but we knew enough people around to feel safe and um, that was all I knew. So, um, yeah. yeah. Back then, so what's this, 80s, 90s? Um, yeah, 80s. Yeah. 80s, um, 90s, yeah. Was this multicultural or mainly um, a lot of Indigenous mob with... It's not as multicultural as it is now, like cause yep. there's a lot of new refugees in those yeah, spaces. Okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a lot of black fellas yeah, around okay, at that yeah. time. And all yeah. coming in sort of from rural areas into Absolutely. the city. Yeah, fantastic. That would have been quite a melting pot, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. And so um, school? School. Off to uni? Yeah. Yeah. Finished high school, went to uni. Um wasn't sure what I was going to do. I did a year of law, yeah. random, and just yeah. didn't wow. like, yeah. yeah. And then I um, worked for a bit. Always sort of worked in community orgs to make a little bit of cash doing like admin, administration and reception yeah, work. Okay. And then I did a teaching degree yep. and went on to do my master's of public health. Once yep. I had um, some kids at home, I just did that little bit of extra study. Yeah, okay. Wow. And kids, so you had kids yeah. well, while you're studying? Working. Yeah, yep. well, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. How many kids have you? Uh, three kids. Three kids. Is that enough? That's absolutely that's enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And so um, coming that, now let's start with, I think we cover your story, unless there's anything else you no. wanted to share. No. Um, coming into the business, um, so we've got Spark Health, mm-hmm. health organization, you'd call it? Yeah. Yep. So that was probably algamation of your experience in community. You sort of thought, okay, I could make a difference here. Go into that. And then you've got Clothing the Gap. Yeah. So are they sort of separate or completely separate or sort Yeah, of together? great question. I guess um, I'm – so I had a public health background. Yep. I love health promotion. Yep. Um, it just um, appeals to my creative nature and education piece and also um, the strength-based approach that I like to take to a mob that we can control our own health. Yeah, and awesome. And if we can um, – the 80, we, 80% of the life expectancy gap between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people we can is preventable. So yeah, okay. we can control our own health and yeah, wow. control our own health outcomes. So that excited yep. me. So that led me into health promotion. Yep. Um, also, I was leading a team at the Victorian Aboriginal Health Service of about 12 people for like yeah, okay. maybe five years. Yeah. Um, and then I... Why not? What's, so what's some of the, like with Spark Health, mm. with them, what's one of the things I think that holds back you know, before um, colonisation, mm. people were very healthy, mm. um, you know, farming, you know, dark emu sheds light now on farming mm. and agriculture practice, trade with the Malays and different things, trade with mob as well, saltwater mm. mob, freshwater mob. Um, so, and we look at photos of um, mob back then mm. and they're like wiry, tall, they're like 60 years old, look better than me. Mm. And what do you think are the key um to get our people to sort of get back to that, you know, healthy lifestyle? What do you think the keys are? Yeah, it's a great question. I think even in the health promotion field, people look to the future. Go, We want a community that's smoke-free. We want a community yeah. in the future that looks like this. And I always tell yeah. those health professionals, maybe we just need to look backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're already there. The um, why. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think we can learn a lot from traditional Aboriginal communities. Yeah. Um, they, you know, exactly what you said, they were – um, living those healthy lifestyles and living those extended life. So yeah. we can learn from that. 
um, certainly it's inspirational to think about that when we talk to Aboriginal people about what good health looks like. We often yeah, use some yeah. of those images. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we've got those answers. They're in our culture. They're within us. Yeah, mm. they're always there. Mm. Um, I think for me, um, with my family, diabetes was the, the main one. But my, mm. my nana had uh, 10 children. Um, and then my mum, she's never had any issues with it. But I know with her... I like to think it was something to do with uh, not having much sugar in our diets, like mm. refined sugars. Now, all of a sudden, in communities, you got little ones walking around with two-liter Coke bottles mm. who should be at school. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my family was like that, like heaping sugar into their tea and different things mm. like that, um, white flour, mm. even though we had uh, different grains as well that we would mm. have. So do you think it's uh, sort of maybe even like uh, emotional eating mixed in with that trauma, mixed in with um, just the lack of that education where we sort of like we're hungry, so here's some food. Do you think that's sort of what they, like the you know impacts or? Yeah, it's hard to um, work with individuals on behaviour change around those things because yeah. it's lots of people know that it's unhealthy, yet they still do it because yeah, a lot yeah. of those substances are addictive as well. Yeah. So the best way and the way that I like to approach health promotion is how do we look at settings based approaches? So how do yeah. we take a sports carnival, for instance, yeah, yeah. and then just not serve sugar? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not yeah. very popular in community. Yeah, yeah. But like if we can... Because everyone turned up for the food and then exactly. it's just fruit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and water. Yeah. But it's difficult to control people, but we can control settings and yeah, we can okay. create yep. new spaces where the healthy choice is the only choice. So yeah, that really okay. excites me. Mm. That's interesting because I remember in school in Queensland, they changed the canteen mm. to have like no more uh, junk food. And so, or they did serve like one day, there was like a limited amount of junk food. So when the bell rang, kids are like sprinting to get mm. that pie or the pizza before it all ran out. Um, but then you, I think you're supposed to, you just got accustomed to it. And I know my mum worked um, for Queensland Health, so she did some carnivals. Um, and they had different things like safe sex mm. and, and then they would have like healthy food. But then the food served was like fruit. Mm. Um, and then you just got used to it because it was like hot, you're working out, you're sweating, you're drinking water, having fruit. And it was just like that healthy um, association, mm. I think. And even now, like when I um, finish playing sport at the gym, like the last thing I want to do is go and eat junk food or mm. have McDonald's on the way home. Um, I would have like just a protein shake or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it took it took time. And mm. I think, again, like you said, you, and you envision those those athletes or, or the old ones before and they're healthy mm. um, and they're having all these kids. So then I was like, let's get back to um, the way that we were yeah. before. So, um, so Spark Health and... Then we've got clothing the gap. Yeah. So one of the ways, a little bit cheeky, that we used to get people to come to our program was to create really cool merch. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And if you come to four out of our six programs, you got the cool tea that you couldn't get anywhere else. Um, We've always used it as a draw card and like lots of programs do use incentive-based participation. Yeah, of course. Deadly choices. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, And... In um, when we went into business to deliver health promotion um, as in a business model, which was, I guess, I will say, was controversial in my family because they had set up community controlled health organisations. Yeah, and here I was, someone born and bred in that that was going to set up an Aboriginal health business. Enterprise capitalist. No, no, no. No, I (laughs) felt terrible about it. And my um, old auntie, she's not old. I shouldn't call her old. My auntie. That auntie um, said old. And she said to me, Laura, I don't care what you're doing, but you need to be able to answer the question. What is your philosophy? I'm like, oh, 
cool to have in business. You still need a grounding philosophy yeah, yeah, yeah. and really be clear on your why. Yeah. So when we went into business, it didn't matter as long as we we're clear about that. How we got yeah. our outcomes that was most in um, that yeah reaching our outcomes was most important, and our why was to add years to people's lives. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. business model just meant that we're a lot more agile, yeah. flexible. Yeah. We could yeah, deliver yeah. programs cheaper on the ground. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's why we were there. Yeah. Um, so what was your question? <laughs> no, person. no, that's awesome. I'm listening. Yeah, like I'm that was really cool because I think, yeah, yeah. you know, when we're delivering community services, we have to think yeah. about how we can and should we yeah. run them as business models yeah. and certainly in terms of the impact we feel we can make on the ground. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. You know, Do you feel like it was effective. like, it was really like that expression, put your money where your mouth is, sort of like you're sort of going, you know, this works and I believe it. And there's genuine value here. So people will um, invest in that. Well, even the government perfect... invests yeah. in the same organisations yeah. for a really long time because there's no competition in the space. Yeah, okay. And now yeah. if we think of our community members as consumers yeah. in community yeah. services space, we want them to be able to choose and become be, um, go to the programs that best suit them. And yeah. often they don't have choice about those programs. Yeah. And those organisations have been funded for 40 years to deliver the same thing. They don't have yeah, any okay. reason to to lift their game in terms of, yeah, of course. the um, the services that they provide. So competition in any market is yep. great for the, for the end user oh, or the participant. Yeah. Consumer. yeah, that's fantastic. And I think even with our Indigenous business space mm. on a broader context, we've got, I've been saying to Mob a lot of the time with um, policies that have social procurement mm. is um, you're not just up against other Indigenous businesses for that that spend you're up mm. against um, social enterprises as well mm. um that you know veterans in constructions or um skilled migrants and i know um for a fact that as a skilled migrant organization have got like 15 percent indigenous people mm. on their books because of the offering um not to the end uh, customer but to the actual indigenous people coming you know mm. it might be an african focused organization um but a lot of indigenous people um, have similarities with those groups. So they come and join and then they get jobs. So they're kind of thinking to themselves, well, I'm not going to just leave because it's Indigenous. Mm. You know, I'm going to leave because someone provides me value. And um, as Aboriginal people, it's sort of like we're borderline a, a commodity now mm. <laughs> to be in organisations or um, uni students who've got things like career trackers. So if you're a talented Aboriginal person, you're um, sort of hot property at the moment. So, <laughs> And it's probably always going to be like that because mm. people want to see change and, and close that gap. You know, if mm. we close the... Gap, um, I think it's like 16 bill um, into the economy or mil. Mm. I think it's billion. I'll double check and put the <laughs> right stats up. So, um, but to, so there's incentives to close the gap, but we know that there are organizations in the gap that mm. their incentive is to keep the gap because it pays the bills mm. and they'll get funding year on year, year on year. Mm. And so, like what you're doing, progressing into an actual um, value system or into an enterprise, um, is that once the gap's closed and we've done our job, we will just continue into a new um, venture or another um, value add to the to the community, or to build on once we've closed it and people are eating healthy mm. and people are, are working jobs. How do we sustain that for the yeah. next generation? I think that'll be um, the biggest thing. The clothing, mm. um, the branding, everything. How did that flow? So well, was it just pretty funny? Like it started off. Our, so we thought we'd sell over there, sell the additional t-shirts we had from our programs online. Yeah. So that's all the clothing brand started as but it started as spark merch yeah <laughs> like it wasn't very um interesting or um appealing to anyone really yeah yep. it was um and co connected to spark health and then lots of people kept saying am i allowed to wear it 
Oh, okay. Am yeah. I allowed to wear it? And I'm like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting tired and exhausted yeah. of telling, particularly non-Indigenous people that that yeah. they can wear Aboriginal designs. Yeah, yeah. And I'll always remember this moment. I was in a trades fair and I was explaining to this, to, he was um, a foreigner in the country. And then all of a sudden I said, when you wear the shirts, yeah. you're helping us close the gap. And he went, cool, I'll buy one. Yeah. So close the gap were the yeah, three yeah. words that made him feel like he was helping, he was doing something. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then I had this like epiphany and I went, clothing the gap. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> and I messaged everyone. I said, this is it. Like we're, yeah. we are going to yeah. change our name. We're going to rebrand. Yeah. It was a game changer in business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like branding is so important. To go yeah. from Spark Merch to Clothing the Gap, yeah. all of a sudden those three words invited a whole new audience that wasn't just 3% of the Aboriginal population yeah, to support yeah. us. And we yeah. say, you clothe the gap, yeah. let us close the gap. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. That self-determining model of you can buy a T-shirt and we don't have to look for government grants or yeah. subcontractor people. We can set our own yeah. agenda. We are health promotion, prevention yeah, yeah. experts, um, qualified in the space that want to direct and lead our own programs in the community. And we don't want a donation. What we want you to do is to buy a T-shirt, yeah, yeah. wear your values on your tee, have yeah. those conversations in community and you're actually supporting us to do the yeah, work on yeah, the ground. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. So good. I know we bought a couple instead of buying some kitschy Christmas stuff, we decided to buy clothing the gap. Mm. Um, and yeah, we love it. And my son, uh, who's three and a half, he kept saying he's a black fellow to everyone. You know, he's got <laughs> Indian and white heritage as well. Um, so he's on an education path at the moment. So he's like, no, you're Indian and um, Australian. And he's like, no, I'm black fella. He's like, no, no. So um, he's probably going to be down in the marches soon. You know? <laughs> um, no, that's fantastic. And I think like that's... So how many years doing Spark Health and then you sort of had this epiphany? Because I think for listeners, who start businesses um, or young mob looking to start is things don't happen overnight. Like mm. it's a, it's sort of like digging for gold or um, it just takes time and all of a sudden you hit this nugget mm. and everyone's like, oh, you're rich overnight, but they didn't see you digging for the last, mm. you know, six, seven, 10, 20 years yeah. um, to get all of those elements. And, and like you said, the brand with the story, mm. um, stories take time. There's mm. chapters, you know, there's pages of just – ups and downs that people don't see or don't really want to see and they sort of think they can be insta-famous overnight. Mm. Um, and it's true if they would, but it's mm. you know, the sustainability. But now you've got this brand and, and you probably know the meaning of momentum now mm. where it's like, hang on, every, every day I wake up, it's like we've gained more followers, we've made more sales and it feels like it's becoming effort, effortless. It's yeah. interesting because I went into business to service the Aboriginal community Yep. at the grassroots level, a small percentage of community that we work with one-on-one, -on -one, that we make a direct impact on their life. And we might reach, I don't know, thousands of people a year, which is yep. still a lot through yep. a really close relationship, important conversations. But the clothing brand gave us a platform yeah. to reach nationally yep. and internationally and gave yep. us a voice. And I never imagined that we would have that voice yeah, on yeah. issues. And yep. that is feel so powerful to be able to do that, to be able to have um, any social Aboriginal issue to use a clothing brand to um, educate people. Yeah. And that's certainly true. that's what we've been able to do through Clothing the Gap. Yeah. That's fantastic. And you said nationally, so tours, well, we talking or people hearing the story. People hearing the story, sharing yep. the story. Um, and 
say we've fulfilled maybe 200 orders over the last couple of months. Five yep. of those have been international. Oh, so really? Sending to Exporting. United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. So people are, and that, and they're wearing things like our free the flag shirt. Um, we've got shirts, not the date to celebrate. Um, we've got campaigns that focus on Aboriginal identity and challenging Indigenous stereotypes. Yeah. These are all things that we can influence. Um, through social media yeah, yeah. and we've got a much bigger reach through Clothing yep. the Gap. Yep. More people are reaching out to us through a clothing label yep. than the grassroots yeah. community work that we've always done. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And not one makes more of a difference than the other, but it's interesting yep. how people are able to grasp onto the clothing label. And yep. I think that's because that's something that everyone can be part it's of because everyone can purchase it? Yeah, it's a brand. And I think, like you said, investing in and clo- closing the gap um, and you've got that story now behind it. So you know who the end benefactor is, mm. which is the community. Mm. And um, that comes through the brand, I think, really well. Mm. And I think it's a brand that will keep going. Um, now let's go on to touch lightly the mm. controversy mm. and then we can finish up with what the future looks sure. like. Um, so a group out there that have some copyright things, um, I just think it's a bit of a joke because... I didn't know you could copyright a flag, but um, here, here we go. People mm. have done it, um, and that people in our own community have um, sort of been involved as well, and um, sort of capitalistic uh, organisations. So, are you able to share anything on sure, that? Or? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I yeah. mean, power of business. Yeah. Um, in all of this, um, I'm grateful that I'm in business because if I was working for an organisation, I wouldn't have been able to speak out yeah. as openly yeah, okay. and powerfully about. Yeah. Any if the free the flag issue. Yeah. Um, we would have had to go on through a board. We would have had to get permission. Yeah. All those things. That's a very good point. Yes. Yeah. That would have silenced our voices. I mean, yeah. in business yeah. and in small business. Yeah. Um, we've got a small team, and we're like, absolutely, we're talking about this, and yeah, we're going to yeah. share it on our social media, and we're going <laughs> to scream it from the rooftops. And it's been incredible because I've been able to look around at all the other organisations, including yeah. every single major sporting code. Yeah. who got hit with the same cease and desist about yeah. using the Aboriginal flag, yeah. and not one of them have spoken out public, publicly yeah, about yeah, them. Okay. Yeah. The power of small business. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's awesome. It yeah. is. It's incredible, yeah. and I think that's why we were able to um, generate so many new followers and build community support yeah. because yeah. anyone can buy a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, but. Not every brand stands for something. Yeah, of course. And yeah. people want to buy into the stories and the magic yeah. of a brand. And certainly yeah. that's what we've been able to create. Yeah, and I think it's it's so much like with what we've had success in Bunjil and that Bunjil brand is um, I had people very on say, oh, no, go, go make it, make some money, and then give back mm. to community. But I think as Aboriginal people, we like to give as we go mm. and sort of bring everyone along with us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that cuts into margins. And yes, we bring in um, new suppliers or, or partners that might let us down because they're still trying to find their place or growing as a business. Um, but I think it's what we get out of bed for. And I think mm. that's what people see. And I just love how you didn't go out to seek some sort of viral thing. You just stood up and go, no, this isn't right. And I think the next wave of Indigenous business leaders are, are going to start standing up and be willing. And I think there's a there's a thing of like, you know, culture over cash that's sort of starting oh. to brood with our mob now where we're just like, you know what, I don't, 
I don't really need this. Like mm. I, I'm content with living in a social housing flat mm. at the back of Kundamala, mm. you know, um, and I work part-time picking fruit. Mm. Like, and there's a joy there because we have family and we mm. have each other and we have our, our footy that we like, different codes, mind you, mm. um, <laughs> that we enjoy. And I think, I think that'll be key for us to bring in ethics into a mm. um, wider corporate space. And inspire, I think, other people to be like, you know what? If those Indigenous people are constantly standing up for something, but then what you've done is offer a solution as well. And mm. I think that's the difference yeah. where some mob get out there and they're like, oh, there's all these issues yeah. and problems. You know, the bills are too damn high like that guy on America. But then mm. here's a solution. Well, and yeah. I guess we made a conscious choice um, and I made a conscious choice that there was a lot of issues that I could have spoken about, um, yep. you know, family violence, climate change, yep. the fires. And I said, no, yep. you're going to be the flag lady for a bit Yeah, yeah because yeah. I'm going to be the flag lady for a bit because I want to be sustainable yep. in that space and not burn out. Yeah, um, yeah of course. And that yeah. I'm on it for the long haul. Yep. People have yep. asked me, well, when are you going to quit Free the Flag? I was yeah. like, I was insulted. <laughs> you can't it's it's great you did it for a little bit, but when are you honestly? No, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and when you're running, I mean, we're running a national campaign. We don't get paid to run a yep. national campaign. Yep. Yep. There's power in doing things when it's not attached to money. Yeah. And there's freedom in that. Um, so certainly I would say that we're definitely motivated by culture and not cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I believe that that's going to play huge dividends for us down yeah. the track because what we do have yep. is loyal followers. Yeah, Other course. businesses have said to me, um, they trade business to business. And I said, we'd love to be able to have a relationship with the consumers, yeah, business to yeah. consumers. And that's what we've got. And we've yep. taken that for granted. Yep, and we didn't realise how important yep. that and powerful that relationship yep. is and how yep. other businesses are envious of that yeah, when of that course. comes quite natural to us. Yeah, I mm. think... A lot of people ask what our strengths are as Aboriginal people and the relationship building and maintaining. Uh, I think of people like Jenea, uh, mm. Winmar. I think of what she did with us at Bunjil. Like, it came to a point where we could only afford to have probably five or six good relationship with some suppliers and partners that we do work with. Otherwise, we just couldn't... Um, sustain or be around those people mm. um we could just couldn't cater it and a lot of i think people come to space and try to serve and please everybody but it's just like find your niche mm. um do the right thing and, and they will then promote your brand and business to the wider community so um but i don't know how you do it with consumers because we're business to business so <laughs> <laughs> it seems like so many people to to look after look yeah. we use our social media really yeah. well um i was in grandfans over the weekend and there was a lady, she was sitting next to me, she goes, are you the girl f from Clothing the Gap? Yeah. I was like, shut I was like, wow, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am. And I went back to the girls and I said, someone recognised me. And it's not, the, I'm not chuffed because she recognised me. Yeah. I'm chuffed because I wear lots of different brands too. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know the person behind the brand. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. that's the difference, I think. Like, yeah, we've yeah. done really well at being able to make people feel part of it, but also... Yeah. Showing our true colours as um, the small team that work behind it, yep. aspects of all of our personalities that they've connected to. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, mm. you can definitely see that. Um, I was saying with the fonts and the colours and the and the different mottos and different things like that, you can tell what sort of place it comes from. Mm. And I think it comes from an honest place of, of you know justice and being like, hey, what's happening is not right. Um, we want to do something about it mm. um, without, you know, just being angry and, and being that old auntie yelling at someone in the yeah, community. It's yeah, it's that balance of getting <laughs> it the really, balance, yeah. It is, yeah. You know, you have to, you know, and it comes quite naturally for the team because, you know, I think it's most of our skill set is how do we put a message out that 
all of Australia can support and grasp because we just don't want to be um, Indigenous people fighting for Indigenous rights, the Indigenous rights and issues that everyone should be fighting for that equality um, and equity across Australia and And everyone should have a voice. I think it's a reminder too that we shake up. Uh, I find a lot of uh, migrants who um, talk to us about different issues like they have come from other countries they're sort of astounded that mm. there's even an issue re- mm. like this. And we sort of have to sort of give them the wider scope without being, you know, going back into the, the hate and, and some of the emotion and stuff mm. and sort of say, you know, um, if this happens to us, Indigenous people on the low scale, you know, it can happen to anyone. And so anyone at the bottom of the ladder we need to look after and care for. So mm. well, let's go. We're going sure. through lots of time. Yeah. So we'll go <laughs> yeah. into the future. Yeah. So what's the future? So someone said give up the – no. Someone <laughs> said are you moving on? And I know what you mean. There's so much opportunity as Aboriginal leaders mm. uh, in this space. Um, my space is renewables and around mm. that, you know, sustainable community models and different things that involve solar, that involves the foods, that involves um, social enterprises. But, yeah, all the time there's different opportunities where for sake of you could make money. But it's mm. like, oh, I don't really want to. I just want to – focus on culture and building that so what's the future you know say 10 years from now are you still waving the flag pardon the pun um yeah yeah, look i hope the flag's free that anyone can use the aboriginal flag freely without permission um i absolutely hope that we're there and my other dream is obviously that we've been able to close the life expectancy gap yeah mobbing living healthier lives yeah and my other dream all these dreams but my final dream is that um, I can look in my wardrobe and choose from a whole collection of black brands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I think that's exciting. Like, yeah, we're one sure. black brand, but yeah, yeah. I like to wear all black brands and support yeah. them. And you'll see on our forum that we um, like to co- collaborate and yeah, okay. yeah. Um, promote other yeah. Indigenous. What's um, some um, of the other ones like um, Ruby? Uh, yeah, Ruby does yeah. Um, beautiful artwork yeah, life, yeah. Um, at Life of Ruby. Yeah, um, yeah. Take Pride Movement, yeah. Big Nuz, Gammon yeah, Threads. Big Nuz, yeah. yeah. I'm going to have so much tagging to do after this. Oh, no. <laughs> um, oh God. Um, the House of Dizzy. Yeah. Um, yeah there's good. lots of cool people out Is there. That the, which one's the denim jackets? Oh, Ginny Girl. Ginny Girl. Ginny's Girl Gang. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she's just in the um, Indigenous Fashion Week. And there's all this opportunity to be able to wear Indigenous design. Yeah. And it's not just a black wardrobe. It's just the power of being able to put on some clothes and then Aboriginal people be visible in the landscape. Yeah, yeah. And that's the... Um, bit that really attracts yeah. me to fashion, and I think it's we're investing our money into our family exactly. to to grow uh, each other. And I always say the stat, like they did in a study on like uh, in America with the Jewish community, mm. um, when you spend a dollar, it was like thirty days that that went around that community before mm. it left. And like the African American was like one day. So imagine mm. our indigenous community. It's like payday from Centrelink's Thursday. <laughs> so it's IGA on Thursday afternoon, you know, yeah. and then Monday it's uh, Devon sandwiches. So mm. um, it just makes me laugh. But I think we'll get to that stage now where we'll start to buy food. We'll start to maybe have a um, you know, HelloFresh that's indigenous um, focused mm. delivered to the door. You know, then we're um, driving um, cars and we get a car for a rental service that's indigenous or a lease company that's indigenous. Like, and it's not because we were saying, oh, I'll stick it to the man sort of thing. It's like it's our time now to um, understand money because mm. it was more of a foreign uh, currency to us. We exchange mm. goods and services as a people um, and then just working together that we have that, you know, money education and, and different things. So, mm. no, anyway, thanks for coming on. Yeah, so 
good to have you. Um, and it went a bit longer than expected, but I thought that's what would happen. So um, I'll tag up all the stuff that you have in your business and everyone could follow you. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Great. Come on, Laura. Thanks, so. Isaac. <laughs>